You ready to get in the Word? If you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 16. John chapter 16, and and I'm going to continue in this series uh, of desire, and this segment I've been dealing with is about the Holy Spirit, and hallelujah. John chapter 16, let's look at verse 12. I don't, don't have time to go back and review, but... Um, I just this really believe this connects with what um, Eric ministered last week, and um, it's we're on a journey. We're on a journey. Amen? Amen. Verse twelve says, "I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now." I made a statement a couple of weeks ago that when Jesus walked the earth, did he tell us everything we needed to know? Some people would say, "Oh yeah, Jesus gave it the gospels. You know, is everything we need to know?" No. Jesus even said, I had many things to say with you, but I can't tell you now. But, however, when he, when he, the spirit of truth, truth, the highest form of reality, when the spirit of truth. See, if we don't understand the role of the Holy Ghost, then we're going to shortchange our Christian walk. If we don't understand the present day work of the Holy Spirit in the church, we won't fulfill our full potential as believers. If you don't know the full potential of what the Holy Spirit, who he is and what he came to do, you'll hit a lid in your life. He is the spirit of truth. However, the spirit of truth has come. He will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. Are you grateful for that? He he is one that is preparing us now. He may have prepared you yesterday for some things that you stepped into days later. But I want you to know he's preparing you right now for some things. He's preparing the church right now for some things. Hallelujah. He will glorify me for he will not, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. I like the King James better because he says it will show you. Meaning I will make it known to you. Because if we just look at the word declare, then it's like, oh, he's going to speak something. But it's, it's speaking with the intent of revelation. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to speak. He wants to speak to you this morning to make some things known to us. When you're in your personal prayer time, the Holy Spirit wants to take God's word and wants to speak it to you to make something known to you. Maybe for where you are, but also maybe for where you're going. Why? Because he's a spirit of truth. He's revealing things to you. He will take what is mine And he will reveal it to you. Now, all things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he, the Holy Spirit, will take of mine and declare it to you. Now, how much does Jesus have? He says, all things that the Father has, he says, are mine. And then he turns around and says, the Holy Spirit is going to take all those things and he's going to reveal it to you. Think all his power, all of his wisdom, all of what God's plan looks like for your life. All the peace that he has. All Do you think Jesus has some peace? Do you think Jesus has some joy? All that the, and, and the Holy Spirit is going to make it known to you. So, are your eyes open? Are your ears open? For him to... Declare it to you. Go to go to First Corinthians chapter two. It says, but as this, this is verse nine, 
But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things, the things which God hath prepared for those who love him. Now you say, well, see, see, pastor, it says I hadn't seen. It says ear hasn't heard, meaning, pastor, I can't, I, I, I can't understand this. I can't know this. But you can't stop reading. Because verse 10 says, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. So Jesus is saying, all that things that I have, he wants to make it known to you. And Paul is saying, hey, there's things your eye hadn't seen. There's things your ear hadn't heard for those that love God. And he's things he's prepared for those that love him. But God will and has revealed them to us by his spirit. Meaning what Paul is saying and what Jesus was saying, he said, I want you to see on another level. Jesus was saying, I want you to see what I see. Paul wants, wants us to know, I want you to see some of the things I was able to see by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit revealed things to me in the midst of my circumstances. The Holy Spirit revealed some things to me when I was shipwrecked. The Holy Spirit revealed some things to me and there's things he's prepared for me. So therefore you need to open your eyes and yield to the Holy Spirit because he wants to reveal some things to you. He wants us to see on another level. Jesus said, I want you to see on my level. You see, we have to come to a place. You see, this is about your perspective and your position. This is about your perspective and your position. You see, the higher up you go, the better you can see in distance. The closer in position you get to something, the bigger it becomes. So Jesus is telling the disciples, hey, I'm about to leave here, but I'm sending the Holy Spirit. So what he's saying, I want you to see what I see. I want you to to hear what I hear. I want you to know all the things. You know, just for a simple illustration, you know, you know, it's like there's some things we might not be able to see in our life. But yet with the Holy Spirit, he can illuminate darkness. He can, sorry if I'm blinding some of y'all, but, but he can illuminate, you know, darkness. He has the ability to bring you out of darkness and bring you into light. But it's all about your position. It's all about your perspective. So we have to come up higher so we can see farther. We need to come up higher so we can see over the obstacles. We need to get closer so we can see him bigger than our, our current circumstances. It's all about perspective. Go to Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15. Look at verse 13, and we've looked at this scripture quite a few times in the series. But it says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Man. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. A couple of weeks ago, what did I talk about? Hopelessness, hopeless no more. How can that be, Pastor Justin? It's all about perspective. It's all about my position. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing That you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. See, what is hope? Hope is vision. Hope is a vision, an inner vision of where you're going and where you're headed. So the Holy Spirit, that is the spirit of truth, he wants to take all that's the Father's 
And he wants to make it known to you. Why? Because he wants you living with a hope that cannot be taken from you. What do we know about hope? Hebrews 6 tells us that hope is the anchor to our soul. Meaning that I, because I have a picture, because I have hope, I am not easily moved in circumstance. Why? Because I have a vision. I have an expectation down on the inside of me. I have hope that's come from the Holy Spirit. Let's go to Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. So hope is vision. Hope is expectation. And I'm going to abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. If you don't have hope, it comes down to the fact that one, you're not yielding to the Holy Spirit or you're not in the Word. And you're not in His presence. I mean, you're like, Pastor, I, I just, I, I, don't, I, I don't have any hope. Well, you just let me know. You haven't been hanging out with the right people. You haven't been in the Word. It tells me you haven't been, you haven't been with the Holy Spirit because it says the God of hope. He's a God of hope. You hang out with God, you're going to get hope. He's the God of it. You can't hang out with God and not leave with hope. The God of hope will fill me joy and peace and believing that I would abound overflowing with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I mean, every church service you, you should come to, if you're engaged and you're listening, you should leave with some aspect of hope for your future. Tell me, if you, if you leave a church service... Burdened down and then you didn't hear the gospel or you weren't listening or you weren't receiving. The enemy was distracting you the entire time. Thank you, Pastor Justin. I appreciate that. So good. So good. Hallelujah. Let's look at verse 16. I'd love to read this whole chapter, but. Let's see, verse 16 says, Therefore it is a faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed. Not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As is written, I have made you the father of many nations, in the presence of him whom he believed. God who gives life to the dead. And cause those things which do not exist as though they did. See, you hang out with God. He's going to start calling things that exist as they already did. I'll tell you, hang out with God and let him give you a vision. Hang out with God, hang out with the word and let him give you hope for your future. Because Abraham's like, wait a minute, this promise isn't making sense to me. But God's calling those things that be not as though they are. What, what, what did Abraham, what, how did he do that? How did he do that with Abraham? He changed his name. His name was Abram. And he goes, therefore I now call you Abraham, the father of many nations. Wait a minute. He's calling things that be not as though they are. He, he, he was just Abram, but God says, no, now you're Abraham. What, he was started calling him something he wasn't. Stop calling yourself the way you see yourself and start calling yourself the way that God sees you. Hallelujah. God who gives life to the dead and calls things that which do not exist as though they did, who contrary to hope, contrary to hope, in hope believed. Contrary to hope. 
who, contrary to hope, in hope believed. Meaning, meaning when all hope was lost, he still had hope. When in the natural, hope no longer was present, in hope he believed. So that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. Now listen to this. So shall your descendants be. So shall your descendants be. In hope. Contrary to hope, in hope he believed. According to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. Now this in the Bible is in quotation. So this is Paul writing to the church of Rome and telling them, hey, this is something that's already been written down. What was taking place here? So shall your descendants be. So shall your descendants be. So shall your descendants be. So, hey, you don't have any family. You don't have any children. You're old in the natural. You can't produce, but so shall your descendants be. So shall your descendants be. So what was he saying here? He was talking about a picture that he had planted down on the inside of Abraham. What did he do? One, he took him to the beach and he took him outside to look at the stars. He said, hey, come on, Abraham, you can't see it yet. Hey, let's go to the beach. If you haven't had the opportunity, hey, just go to the beach. I'm grateful that we had a chance to go to the beach. But it was the purpose to see something. He said, Abraham, try to count all the grains of sand. So shall your descendants be. He took Abraham outside. He said, look up at the stars and, and try to count the stars. And he goes, so shall your descendants be. What has God spoken to you about your future? Have you forgot what he's spoken to you about your calling, your destiny? The vision he's given you about your life and your family, your children. What has he spoken into you? What image has God placed on the inside of you? I, I remember when I, before I even got born again, two years before I got born again and had a minister speak over me. Some of you heard the story. I'm not going to go into great detail, but he picked me up by the neck. And he said, beware of the calling of God to come clear. From this day forward, you're a marked man. And he started singing over me, what a difference you'll make in their lives. That deposited a picture down on the inside of me that in the natural, I didn't want to yield to. It was something I didn't want to pursue. It was something I didn't want to run after. But still to this day, that picture is down on the inside of me. So shall your descendants be. Against hope, believed in hope. Verse 19, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old in the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promises of God through unbelief. He didn't waver. He didn't waver at the promises of God through unbelief. Why? Because he hoped against hope. But was strengthened in faith. Strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. See, Abraham was persuaded for two things. He was persuaded by two things. The character of God. And the ability of God. That what God said. He would do. He was also able to perform it. Hallelujah. Let's look at chapter 5. Just hold on. Just stay with me here. Laying this foundation. Therefore. So everything that was written beforehand. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through whom also we have access by faith 
into this grace in which we stand. And what we rejoice in the hope. We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Are you rejoicing in the picture that God's given you? Or is the lack of what's happening discouraging you? Hope. Rejoice in the hope in the glory of God. Let's look at verse 5. It says, now hope does not disappoint. King James says, hope maketh not ashamed. We say, my hope down on the inside of me. What was he talking about Abraham? He was saying the hope down on the inside of Abraham would not be disappointed. The picture that's down on the inside of Abraham would not be disappointed. Why? Because he knew that what God said he would do, he was also able to perform it. That hope down on the inside of him, hope maketh not ashamed. My picture, my expectation down on the inside of me will not be disappointed. Why? Because the love of God has been shed abroad into my heart by the Holy Spirit. Because of the love of God that's been shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Spirit, my expectation will not be ashamed. My expectation will not be cut short. The healing that I'm believing for will come to pass because the love of God has been shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Spirit. The breakthrough that I need in my family, the breakthrough I need in my finances, it will come to pass because the love of God has been shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that releases the love of God down on the inside of us that causes us not to be moved in circumstances. Turn over to Deuteronomy chapter 7. Deuteronomy chapter 7. We need to renew our minds to the love of God. The Holy Spirit... And Jesus said, all things that I have, the Holy Spirit will declare it to you. What is that? What I'm dealing with this morning is the love of God. How could Abraham hope against hope? Why? Because he was holding on to two things. The promise and God's character to that promise and his ability to perform that promise. That's at Deuteronomy chapter 7. Verse 6. For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself. A special treasure above all the people on the face of the earth. The Lord did not set his love on you nor choose you because you were more in number than any other people. For you were the least of all peoples. But because the Lord loves you, now listen to this, because the Lord loves you and because he would keep the oath, the promise, which he swore to your fathers. The Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of bondage. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord, the Lord did not set his love on us for shell. Because we were greater, because we deserved it, because we were in more number. No, he, he set his, he chose us because he loved us. What does it say? The Lord loves you and what, because he would keep the oath which he swore to your fathers. And the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand. And redeemed you from the house of bondage. Now, they're talking, I mean, they're, they're thinking of just getting out of Egypt. What about getting out of hell? I mean, they're talking about just getting out of a land. What about an eternal condemnation, an eternal hell? With a mighty hand? With a mighty hand, he brought us out? Why? Because he made a promise. What did Abraham focus on? A promise. Know that God loves you and know that he will fulfill his promise in your life. 
You see, the word is so important to us. It's life and health to every part of our life. But you know what? The Holy Spirit is the one that wrote the word. When he came upon 40 different authors over a 1,500 year period of time. The Old Testament. Writing to us. So this was words to us that he chose us. This was word. This is words to me. But, it, but it's the scriptures in this, in the word that the Holy Spirit came upon people to write it down. Was all because he loves me. Every word written down in this book is declaring to me, Justin, I love you. Justin, I love you. Justin, I love you. Justin, I love you. There's one coming and he's going to bruise. He's going to bruise your head, Satan. And and you're going to bruise his heel. Why? Because there's one coming. Why? Because I love them. 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 Every word written in this word is God loving on you. God speaking into you. It's the Holy Spirit shedding abroad in your heart the love of God. When you get in the word of God and you read something that goes off on the inside of you. When I was down and out in my life and, and Jeremiah 29, 11 came in, not just because it was a cute thing on a calendar or a, or a, or a stationary, but it was, it was Rhema to me at that moment. And he said, he goes, I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, says the Lord thoughts and plans of peace and not evil to give you hope in your final outcome. That wasn't just a cute saying to me, but that was the love of God ministering down on the inside of me to give me hope, to make it through, to press beyond where I was. Why? It's the word of God speaking to you. So when the Lord says to you, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It is his love speaking to you. When he tells you, hey, hey, if you follow my voice, if you heed my call, hey, you'll be blessed coming in and you'll be blessed going out. You will be above only and not beneath. You'll be the head and you'll be not the tail. You see, that's the love of God speaking to you. When he says, hey, he goes, when the psalmist is saying, hey, when I was in a miry pit, he picked me up and he placed my feet upon a rock where I could not be moved. That's the love of God speaking through the psalmist. But yet the Holy Spirit can take that same word and speak it into you. And the same, same Holy Ghost that wrote it, that same Holy Spirit can come inside of you and all of a sudden bring about rhema and revelation. And all it's doing is to pour. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you with an everlasting love. I've drawn you with an everlasting love. I love you. I love you. I love you. That's the Holy Spirit. But if you think, oh, well, the Holy Spirit, if you just think the Holy Spirit is tongues, you're missing the whole point. That's why I'm unpacking this about the Holy Spirit, because some people don't even understand his role. He's not a feeling. He's not a goosebump. No, he's very minister of the heavenly father that has is the minister of love. God is love. He doesn't have love. He is love. I take this glass here and I won't drop it on the ground. But if I broke it, we know it's glass. If I break it in all kinds of pieces and, and it's shattered all over the ground, it's, it's all in pieces. But you know what? It's still glass. So I could call one of those pieces Jehovah Jireh. I could call one of the pieces Jehovah Shalom. I could call one of the pieces Jehovah Rapha. I could call one of it Jehovah Shama. I could call one of it El Elyon. I could call it many different names, but all it is, 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 is it comes back to it. It's God and it's love. What is Jehovah? Jehovah is the ever-living, ever-loving God in whom nothing is impossible. Jehovah is the name giving to God that would be a name that would be able to reveal God to man. He's the ever loving God, ever living, ever loving God in whom nothing is impossible and he needs nothing else to exist. But it comes down to whatever name I put him, he's still glass. He's love. the Holy Spirit to shed abroad in our hearts the love of God. He sent Jesus. How did Jesus even get here? Started with a word. Then 
the Holy Spirit came upon Mary and gave birth. Thirty-three years of age, the Holy Spirit what came upon him. And so every where we see Jesus. John fourteen, he says, If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen love. If God is love, first John four eight. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen love. I think it's Hebrews 1, maybe verse 3. It says that, that Jesus is the brightness. He is the brightness in the express image of God. So Jesus is the brightness in the express image of love. Colossians 1.15 says that Jesus is the visible representation of the invisible. Meaning, if you want to see love, we look at Jesus. How God, how love anointed Jesus with Holy Ghost and power. Who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed by the devil for love was with him. Go to John chapter 5. John chapter 5. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You're not in any hurry this morning, are you? Verse 16 says, For this reason the Jews persecuted Jesus, and they sought to kill him because he had done these things on the Sabbath. Man, you'd think that he had hit somebody. You would think he had hurt somebody. You'd think he would have stolen something from someone, said something mean. But wait a minute. He healed somebody. He healed Because, see, that's what love does. But Jesus answered them, my father. Or for this morning, we could say, love has been working until now. And therefore, I, love, have been working. Therefore, the Jews sought all the more. See, love wants to work on your behalf. What was happening with Abraham? Love was working on his behalf. Therefore, the Jews sought all the more to kill him because he not only broke the Sabbath, but also said that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most surely I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees love do. For whatever love does, the son also does in like manner. For, the, for love loves the son and shows him all things, shows him all things. Now get this. Remember, the Holy Spirit is a revealer. So how is God, the father, going to reveal things to Jesus? By the Holy Spirit. For the father loves the son and shows him all things that love himself does. And love will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. Wow. And he will show him. Love will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. There's yet yet to be things that we've seen love do. There's greater things that he wants to do. But do we have the capacity to understand the lengths and the depths and the heights of his love? 
There's things that God wants to do in your life and in this church family. But do we know how much he loves us? The only cap that we have is our, our limitation is where his love ends. That he will show him greater. Love will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. For as love, for as love raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the son, even so love gives life to whom he will. For love judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son. The love. Go to John 17. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Say, He loves me. So the Holy Spirit brought to pass the word. Oh, why? Because it's to reveal His love to us. He brought about Jesus. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. He brought Jesus, what? To reveal his love for us. Look at John 17 for the sake of time. Let's look at verse 24. He goes, Father, Father, I desire that they also whom you've given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which you have given me. For you, now listen, for you love me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father. Man, Jesus is even saying, you love me from the foundation of the world. Do you know that that's for you too? Dolores, he's loved you from the foundation of the world. Just close your eyes for a moment and put your hand on your heart. Say, Father, thank you that you have loved me from the foundation of the world. And I receive it. Thank you, Father. You love me from the foundation of the world, O righteous Father. The world has not known you. I mean, the world has not known love, but I have known love. And these have known that love sent me. And I have declared to them your name. I have revealed, I've made known to them your name. Like the Amplified says, it says, I have made your name known to them, your very character in your very self. Jesus is saying, hey, Everything Jesus walked the earth, what was he doing? Letting his character. And what is his character? Love. Love. God is love. God is love. Whether we're talking about the healer or the provider, the restorer, whatever, our victory banner, whatever it is, it comes back to love. I've declared your name and will declare it. I will make it known. Why is he making it known? That the love with which you love me may be in them. Meaning, I've got to make, Father, I've had to make your character known to them so they know that you love me and they know that the same way you love me, you love them. So when Jesus walked the earth, it was to show us the Father's love. Because I've made you known and I want them. The same you love you have for me. Let it be in them so I can be in them. You have time for a little bit more? Go to, go to 1 John. I guess that wasn't a question I was waiting for a response for. But you're just listening intently, right? 1 John 4. Thank you, Father. Oh, Holy Spirit. encourage you to read, just read this whole chapter tonight before you go to bed. For the sake of time, let's look at verse, uh, verse 11. 
beloved. If God so loved us, we, are, we all also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us. Now, wait a minute. Let's, let's take that a little slower. No one has seen God at any time. Is that a true statement? Yes. But if we love one another, God abides in us. Now, meaning no man has seen God physically. But if we love one another, then they can see it. In the natural, yeah, they, they can't see God. Just like in the natural, they couldn't see God, but they could see Jesus. And Jesus was a picture of the Father. So if we love one another, God abides in us and his love has been perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he's given us his spirit. Is because of the Holy Spirit. Understand and know this morning, church family, that the Holy Spirit this morning and every time you get in the Word and from this day forward, I want you to know that He's always revealing the love of the Father. The Holy Spirit wants you to always be acquainted with His love. If we love one another, God abides in us. And his love has been perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the father has sent, has sent the son as savior of the world. Amen to that. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, a God abides in him and he in God. And we have known and believed. We have known and believed. Do you know and believe? We know and believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Verse 17, love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. As he is, so are we in heaven. As he is, so are we in this world, Jim. So just as Jesus walked the earth and demonstrated the love of God through, through, through the nature and, and ministering the nature and character of God, but also through power and signs and wonders. As he is, so are we in this world. We need to be so filled with the love of God that everywhere we go, they, hey, that's someone that's just like Jesus. That's someone that's just like Jesus. And you say, well, pastor, are you just saying that we can be just like Jesus? Yes. If you say I can't, then you're no different than the Pharisees in John chapter 5. That's what they were criticizing him because they say he's equal with God. (laughs) Yes, I am his son. I am made in his image and his likeness. I want to be able to say just like Jesus was able to say, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. I want to be able to say, hey, if you see me, you see Jesus. Why? Because if I love and his love's perfected in me, then he abides in me, and I abide in him. Let me close with this thought. Love. Jesus told the disciples, go to Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. And I think if we're honest with ourselves, when we hear that, we think of, which it is dunamis, dynamic power in its working. 
and we think of signs. We think of something extraordinary, right? Go to Jerusalem until you're endued with power from one high. And immediately our mind will go to like, like, you know what I mean? Just like something spectacular, right? Right? Am I the only one? We think of power and we, and we should think of power, but the power is more about a source than it is the sign. If we tap in, I think mentally in our minds, we try to tap in to a sign instead of tapping into the source and it's in the source that we release the sign. And so you have a whole bunch of Christianity looking for explosive power and not tapping into the source. What, what do I mean by that? Help me, Holy Spirit, please. Yes, what do you mean by that? Lord? Now think about the disciples for a moment. The week that Jesus is betrayed... They're arguing about who is the greatest. They were prideful. Some of them in that last season before Jesus, they, they were wanting to call fire down. And Jesus goes, you don't know what spirit you're of. And we could go on and on and we could talk about the natural things, but something happened when they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Let me ask a question. What happened? Love happened. Jesus, if you look at his signs and wonders that he did, before he ever did them, there was something that oftentimes we see in Scripture. It says he was moved with compassion. So often we're wanting the sign, but have we yielded to compassion? So therefore we seek and are pursuing signs instead of being established in the source. Because the Holy Ghost is the source. And oftentimes we talk about the gifts of the spirit. And we don't understand and have yielded to the fruit of the spirit. Go to Exodus 28, and I wasn't planning on going here, but praise the Lord. This is where we are. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Now, in this chapter, it talks about the priest garments... Let's look at verse 31. And this says, the, the other priestly garments. It says, you shall make a robe of an ephod, all of blue. There shall be an opening for the head in the middle of it. It shall have a woven binding all around its opening, like the opening in a coat of mail, so that it does not tear. Now listen to this. And upon its hem, the hem, you shall make pomegranates of blue, purple and scarlet. All around its hem, and the bells of gold between them all about. A golden bell, now listen, and a pomegranate. A golden bell and a pomegranate upon the hem of the robe all around. Think about this. So get a picture of a priest's garment. There's a pomegranate and a bell, a pomegranate and a bell, a pomegranate and a bell. You see... It was not just the bell, but it was the fruit. It's not just the noise, but it was the fruit. If you look at 1 Corinthians 12, it's a chapter about the gifts. If you look at 1 Corinthians 13, it's all about love. And if you look at 1 Corinthians 14, it's all about the gifts. Because if... We don't have fruit. Corinthians tells us we're nothing but a clanging cymbal. 
You see, we have to have the fruit and the gifts. So when they talked about the disciples being endued with power from on high, it wasn't just having this power in outward, say, but it was a power that changed them down on the inside of them to where they were operating in the love of God. They were operating in in joy. They were operating in peace. They were operating in patience. They were operating in self-control. They were operating in all the fruits of the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit doesn't want just to empower us for outward signs. He wants us to rest in Him as the source of everything. And out out of the fruits of the Spirit will flow the signs and wonders. And as He is, as Jesus is, So are we in this world. The Holy Ghost, he sheds abroad in our hearts the love of God. And out of that, the miraculous flows. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Danny, Joseph. Thank you, Father. Do you know that you're loved by him this morning? I mean, what a sign and wonder to the world to know that the church body loves each other. What a sign and wonder to the world that the church isn't gossiping to one another. It was something a couple weeks ago, I was praying over the love of God. And, and I, I was always focused, I always focused on going into a meeting and wanting to do everything in love. communicate in love and he goes Justin he goes most people as a leader most people have that focus of okay wanting to go to a person in love but he goes there's another side of the equation that people are totally missing the part missing the point on he goes most people can't receive correction because they don't know how to receive in love He goes, love is a two-way thing, Justin. It's not just on how you go to a person. But it's also when a person comes to you, how do you receive it? Do you receive it in love? Do you receive it as maybe it didn't come across the best way? Maybe their tone or their volume wasn't exactly the way you wished it would have been. But can you receive it in love? Love believes the best. Man, what if as a church family, a church body, where, and, and, or, and even take it a step, how about husbands and wives? Where we give in love, but also we hear in love. Love takes no account for a suffered wrong. Are we going to do the word or not do the word? Because this, I'm telling you, this is where the miraculous flows. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you for your love that's been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Just lift your hands and worship for a moment. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Oh, thank you, Father, for your love. Your love is amazing. How love anointed Jesus. How love. Love. Mm. 
Lord, that we would yield to the Holy Ghost in our lives. That we would yield to the fruit of the Spirit and we would yield to the gifts of the Spirit. I just just heard this down on the inside of my heart. He's Lord saying this. Walking in the fullness of this. Walking fully in the fruit. And releasing the gifts. Is what my glorious church. Is going to look like. The glorious church. Is a church. That's fully flowing. In the fruit in fully releasing the gifts. Can we thank him for that? Oh, we press into that, Lord. We press into your desire. We press into what you see. Oh, we press into what the Holy Ghost is making known to us today. We press in. We press in. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Father. Oh, we love you. We love you. We love you. The fruit of the Spirit are not characteristics of your natural person. So therefore, it's not something you can mentally will. But it is my very nature, says the Lord. It is my very nature. And it's a nature that you yield to. not a nature that you mentally assent to it's something that you yield to and as you meditate my word as you spend time in my presence you will have a greater ability to yield to all my character qualities and characteristics and as you do you will be able to fully release all of who I am. And the signs will follow. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, can we thank him for that? Thank you, Lord. Praise you. Father, we receive that today. We receive that today. Wash over us today, Holy Spirit. Maybe here today and say, Pastor Justin, I, I don't fully have an awareness that God loves me. Because I don't feel lovable. Not to embarrass anyone. If that's you, just come up here real quick. Come up here real quick. I just sense the Holy Spirit wants to love on you for a moment. Just being obedient. Mm. You see, the moment she stepped there, she stepped into glory. She stepped. What you're feeling is that's the love of God. That's his love. Ooh. 
And if you've never experienced his love, if I could have some ladies that are just, you, ladies, you know how much you're loved by God. If you could just come and minister to these ladies, you know God's love for you. Just come real quick. But you don't have a shadow of doubt in your mind on how much you're loved by God. Hallelujah. If you're here and you, you feel like you're like, well, pastor, there's this, this sickness that I have. And, and, and I believe it's because of what I did in the past. And you, you've settled the fact that it's, it, you deserve this sickness. You deserve this. If that's you, c- come up here. Come up here. And it's to break the lie of the enemy. The enemy is a liar. Hallelujah. 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 There could have been just religious thinking. Or religious thinking that came in and religion taught you. It's like, oh, or maybe it was even a parent or a grandparent that said, oh, well, it's just because God, God's paying you back for what you did. You're, you're reaping what you sowed. And yeah, this is... If that's you, come up. Hallelujah. I think since there's more than, more than just this one. Hallelujah. Keep singing, Danny. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. With Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Danny, can you have them bring the kids over? For, for, to, we're praying for the kids here in a minute. Yeah. They bring the kids over. Have them bring the kids over for a camp. We're going to pray over them. Well, just one, the ones that are, know they're supposed to come over. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. The enemy is a liar. Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father do. He says, I only say what I hear the Father say. He also said, as I hear, I judge. That means that everything that Jesus heard wasn't from the Father. If it doesn't bring peace and if it doesn't bring joy, it's not from me. So we speak to the words that have come into this thinking and into this mind and we arrest it. And I thank you for truth to prevail truth 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 to consume every lie of the enemy oh father we bring those father that are watching at home right now and lord i thank you for the love of god just to manifest in a greater way right where they are bring healing where there needs to be healing bring joy where there needs to be joy I thank you that they will know that they know that they know that they're loved by you. And that the love of God, the love of God is healing them right now. The love of God is giving them an expectation. The love of God is causing their faith to be established and immovable. Thank you, Father. 
the word says. He says, what remains is faith and hope and love. So what remains is faith, hope, and love. He says, but the greatest of these is love. It did not say you don't need the other two. Love is the greatest because love is the only thing that gives power to your faith and hope. Hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And faith works by love. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Give him a shout of praise this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Do you have anything? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father.